I'm a zombie. I've been bitten. You're listening to the survival podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome to Zombies Ate My Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, from the great north. Uh, And joining me this week is Lou. Lou, how's it going? From a secure bunker to the south, right? You're not the north. I'm to the south or I'd be in Canada. True. You'd be in northern Canada and no one wants to do that in the uh, early weeks of winter. Uh, Bob's not here this week. But we soldier on. We're going to talk about The Walking Dead, The Walking Dead, and uh, The Walking Dead. Because that's kind of what's on our brain this week. Oh, and, and, and wait, wait, wait. What's mm-hmm. this? Overkill's Walking Dead. Oh, right, right. Yes, okay, of course. Well, let's start with that. Let's talk about this gem in the rough, right? Right? Uh, no? Garbage? Oh. I mean, this was the thing that we kind of suspected coming because uh but this article here that we're looking at from destructoid is a little misleading it says zombies no longer a sure thing as overkills the walking dead pc publisher laments disappointing sales now i need to say this because i've said this before what the zombie genre lacks is good content not the fact that you have this uh this piece of content that comes out and it just so happens to do with zombies like you can't just say, slap some zombies on it and watch the sales roll in. That's right. not how it works. Um, and what this title is suggesting is that Overkill should have expected was expecting an overkill of sales just due to the fact of its proximity to The Walking Dead and the zombie genre. I and, don't agree with that. And I think I think him was hurt by a couple of things. A, uh, Telltale's Walking Dead kind of hurt the brand as a game so i know that there were likely people that were kind of like oh yeah telltale screwed this up so i don't expect a whole lot better also i don't think they've done a good job of marketing it at all um all their videos that they showed right up until just before release were character introductions and no actual gameplay footage until like a month or so ago and I think that that was a mistake. I think they should have shown us what was what we were in for well beforehand. And then mm. reviews have been harsh. Yeah, like it hasn't gotten above maybe a fifty or sixty percent uh, anywhere. The game doesn't look particularly great in the graphics department to, to me as well. And that was the one thing you know you mentioned the CG trailers and and I should full disclosure say that. Um, I personally have not played the game. I've had minimal interactions with it, and and yet Lou hasn't played it either. So I think you have to, if you are playing it, you are enjoying it, or you haven't played it, and you're wondering, oh, where do they get these these opinions from? Like, we haven't played it. We're just going based on what we've heard. And But the thing is, that's part of being a good consumer is is doing your research. And uh, I did not pick up the game because I had seen what it looked like and how it played, and I'm like, that's not... The zombie game I'm I'm interested in, and when you see articles like this, kind of throwing the the genre uh, under the bus and saying like, ah, well, you know, and even what you said, Lou, with with Telltale and The Walking Dead, like, I I don't think I think yes, like Telltale did some things with The Walking Dead, uh, you know, name, and there's been some there's been some tough stories out there, specifically Telltale closing down, but but those games were still okay. Some of those games. Michonne not included. I agree with you. Michonne was bad. Um, but some of those Walking Dead games were really great. The older ones were much better than, than what we're yes. working with now. But the final season was shaping up to be some of the best Walking Dead video game content that they've they've released. Um, I, I think Walking Dead itself is in for a rough ride ahead. I mean, maybe. Like, it's, it's tough to say because right now it's just... It doesn't have... It's not... It's not it's not working with the best hand, right? Like you have on right. one hand on video games Telltale going bankrupt. The one thing I saw with mm-hmm. many of the reviews that 
was my biggest fear is that the zombies easily overwhelm you because they put too many and they they and you get overwhelmed and that the other issue is you fight regular people with guns and that those people have like sniper accuracy oh from like, like ai a, people or yeah like this, you fight against ai people too uh... and that the ai people are either really dumb or you run into ones that are way too smart and they pick you off like over and over and over again and it's frustrating that yeah. i've heard i've heard both sides of that and yeah. that was what i was afraid of this game it, i mean it just it never really looked like my my kind of game even if it was the one and that goes back to the saying that zombie fans aren't these rabid beasts that will consume anything zombie related especially when it comes to video games because video games range in different types and to me this game was never my kind of game you know a multiplayer payday clone like no that's not i don't pay i don't play payday to begin with so why why would i look to this game uh for for my walking dead content and i just i i hate how people kind of throw the genre into the blender and point at subpar content like you could look at you could do that for everything like look oh uh you know batman v superman was terrible this is you know you can't bank on superheroes anymore it's like no that is not at all accurate just a, a bad a, ba- a bad movie does not forgive uh, uh bad sales if you make a good movie people will see it if you just like a if you make a good game people will play it and the other thing here that's mentioned right here in this article is that the team is fully working on improving the game with new content and adding a season two, meaning we're doing the season content with a zombie game that's Walking Dead related and a shooter. And I think that they should have focused on just making a good game. Mm-hmm. Forget Forget seasons. Just make a game that people want to play. Well, hopefully they're going to do that. And if you guys are playing Walking Dead Overkill, let us know. Email, Discord. Uh, we'll give links. I know we have a few listeners that were really excited about this. Yeah, I would love to hear from people. But, I mean, it's a tough crowd. Like, even next year, you're going to have Days Gone and possibly The Last of Us Part Two, And one of those games is going to be better than the other, you know? And I already see people kind of talking weirdness about Days Gone. Like, I... I still think Days Gone looks good, but that's because it's a an open world game, and I kind of dig those. Um, and they're doing different things there, but a lot of people maybe not seeing it the same way. So it's it's not for everyone, but unfortunately, when sales dwindle and revenue is is low, like it sparks people to kind of point fingers. And I don't think the publisher is pointing. That's a that's a good point here is that Destructoid is pointing fingers at the zombie genre, but. The actual company Starbreeze is saying, like, look, we just initial sales have been low. Uh, a lot of the sales are coming from, you know, low price countries like China and Russia. So, you know, there's it's it's a PC only game right now. So there's a lot of factors dealing into this. And, it's a PC uh, only yeah. game. And again, they're doing the thing that I think hurts brands, not makes them better. And that is I'm on their Steam page right now. Sure. They have a they have a starter edition. Oh, God. A standard edition and a deluxe edition. And then at the bottom of the game, they're already selling season one, episode one, a uh, season two, episode one, no sanctuary DLC for $7.99. Really? So, How much is the starter edition? 30 bucks. Hmm. But Weird. it doesn't say what's in it. Well, that I, you know, I understand video game companies needing to find unique ways to to bring in revenue, but uh, confusing your visitors and your in your possible clients is not is not a solution, you know. And you in in pointing fingers at, you know, oh people aren't buying our game with me. Like I mean, you you've kind of shot yourself in the foot there. And again, I hope people who are playing it are enjoying it. I don't want to see Starbreeze go away. I want everybody to. Uh, to succeed but but on the merits of uh of their product and, and if the product's not up to snuff then well what are we gonna do um speaking of the walking dead let's talk about the walking dead because we have three episodes of the walking dead to talk about and we're kind of just gonna do a hodgepodge so like the last episode we talked about you know rick's final ep- uh, two episodes 
This this week, we're going to be talking about the three episodes that came after that. Uh, a six-year time jump, just to set this up. We got a six-year time jump previewed at the end of episode five with Judith Grimes and the new yep. group, Magnus Group. And in these three episodes, we're introduced to this this, a familiar world with familiar characters, but clearly some things have happened and we don't know what's going on for the most part, but we are being introduced to a new enemy slowly uh, as, as the episodes creep on. So Lou, I mean, we can start at the beginning and kind of talk a little bit about where our characters are at and, and how they're brought into the world. But I think the biggest thing is is the state of the world. So Rick's Rick's gone. Body was never found. Yep. Uh, Daryl's living in uh, the middle the of nowhere, the woods. He's a hermit, and he apparently he apparently shows up at random uh, uh, towns, gets some supplies, and then goes back out into the woods. And then people don't see him again for weeks. Yeah. So he does, and he has a dog. Exactly, he has a dog. The dog's name is Dog. Um, I don't know whether that's funny or he just doesn't want to get attached. <laughs> um, like I'm... it might be, it might actually be a reference to oh. a uh, a western with um, uh, 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 the Duke. Okay, the Duke um, being uh, John Wayne. Oh, John a... Wayne. It is a there's a, a western with uh, John Wayne. Where he has a dog, and someone asks him what the dog's name is, and he goes, "It's dog." It's dog because he, he's a dog. Yep, super unique and creative. Um, Carol is living at uh, the kingdom with Ezekiel. They're she's married. now considered. She's now considered the queen of she's the kingdom. The They've adopted Henry. Yes, uh, who is uh, played by the actor's older brother. So the actor who yep. portrayed Henry for the last couple seasons, his older brother, is now portraying henry that's that's kind of weird i mean family dinners that's got to be interesting like you stole my job it's well, like well i'm older than you well no no it is but it isn't because when i started watching it i went wait is that the same kid like <laughs> him and his brother look enough alike yeah that i was literally like wait did they just it, it, like did i had to him? think about it. yeah <laughs> i was like how did they age this kid because this kid looks a lot like the old one so seeing that it's his older brother that makes sense to me now and that's actually it's an excellent way to 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 sell it Mm -hmm. yeah i i think it's a smart move and and honestly another uh, piece of trivia there is that sophia uh the actress that played carol's daughter in season one and two is actually in the same family that's that's their sister uh so Ah, it's it's a walking dead family job i guess they just you know, uh, so uh, that's where they're at in the kingdom. Maggie. And, 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 oh. and what I was saying, none yeah, of this stuff with Carol and Henry and Ezekiel, none of that surprised me. I think we all saw that sort of thing happening. Mm-hmm. Like there was nothing there that cha- like what made me go, oh, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think definitely Ezekiel and Carol, uh, them adopting Henry was it made sense but but henry i don't know like i don't have i'm not here's the thing i don't have a lot of experience i never had friends that were adopted i'm I'm sure kids who become adopted adopted do you know sort of come to fold and 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 uh say you know mom and dad and all that fun stuff but it's it's a case-by-case basis but i just i didn't it was weird having henry call ezekiel and carol mom and dad to me it is see, a little see, weird. it was not was not weird for me um was, i have i know and have friends who are adopted so. and i think it's awesome I, I think it's really great that that in this apocalypse we can see people coming together in a way where you know i i think i think it's great that henry has these new paternal figures and he can reference them by the, the you know paternal names like mom and dad i think that's awesome it's great it shows civilization continuing to exist. So I didn't, I'm not saying it's bad. I just, um, it, it was a little surprising. Cause again, like we have to remember that these characters you know, are six years forward. You and I, I are under, only a week I, apart. I understand that. The one that was, that took me back was Judith calling Michonne mom. That was the one that made me go, Oh yeah, that's right. She would obviously be, uh, she would obviously be mom, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, and that one I bought a little more because Judith was, was still like a toddler, right? The surprise to me was RJ. Yes, that's true. So speaking of Alexandria, the the throw not the throwaway line, I think it was it was like they're either going to do nothing with it or they're either going to do everything with it was where Rick and Michonne were like, I can think of another way to plan for the future and then they get it out off camera. Yeah. And that results in a baby. So Michonne is essentially the... She's head of security at Alexandria. Alexandria is ruled by a council um, made up of uh, Gabriel, Aaron... A couple old saviors, uh, some and some... a couple of and a couple of other people that um, yeah that we you've you've seen them, but they might not necessarily be characters that have had a lot of speaking roles. I I personally love the fact. I mean, we'll get to RJ, but I love the fact that on the council, the the two saviors on that council are the two saviors that I really did want to see make the leap over to yeah. being the good guys. Uh, DJ is kind of the guy who looks like comic book Rick and yeah. the other lady, I can't remember her name, but she was, I think her name's Laura or Lori. I don't know, yeah. uh, but she's great. And she continues to be a great sort of addition to the cast. But Michonne has a kid that is revealed at the end of the first episode to be the, the result of Rick and Michonne planning for the future. And the kid's name is RJ, Rick Jr., which mean god ah just even worse that this guy has been ripped apart from his from his family that he knows of and we know he's alive but like my 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 ah. only gripe is my only gripe is i both like and dislike the fact that they've introduced rj sure because a it gives us another kid to tell storylines with right Mm -hmm. it gives somebody for us to have judith having to protect when shit hits the fan kind of thing and I and I appreciate that concept, but it also gives us another reminder that Rick is dead all the time. Yeah, and even at the, you know even the preview for you know not I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's a preview for the upcoming you know uh, season, the upcoming second part of this season, and they even show they even show like a picture. Like a, a drawn picture by, I'm, I'm assuming, uh, by Judith of the family that was drawn, you know, back when Rick was still alive. And again, like, I think I think they're going to be playing at that for the whole season. We're going to feel Rick's, you know, departure and the way the characters are dealing with it. They're all dealing with it differently. The bridge has been left destroyed. Uh, it, it The scene opens up with Michonne sort of at the debris talking to Rick, it appears uh, they're talking to Rick. And they never found the body. It was revealed that Daryl, that's why he was out in the woods. He was looking for the body. We never found the body, you know, and he just decided yeah. to stay out there. So all these communities are mourning. They they had been mourning Rick, but they haven't moved on because they never found his body. They never fixed the bridge. They are fractured communities. They haven't actually been working together in the way Rick wanted and that, to see and them. Then, and that, and then I think it, I can't remember if it's the fir- first episode or the second episode. It's revealed that Michonne has an, a scar on her on her back. Yeah, they... and and it's it's something that something bad happened because it's also <laughs> revealed that later on in another episode, it's revealed that a couple of the other characters have the same mark. Yeah, so Daryl and Michonne have the mark. And it's also hinted that some other characters might have the mark as well. Yeah, they they don't... um, But they have not told us what that mark is. Oh, of course they're not going to tell us. And and that has something to do with why Michonne is kind of a grumpy person now. Super grumpy. And that's what took me back, Uh is, is that we went through all of this change... And Rick died. And the big takeaway with Rick's death was we need to be optimistic. Mm-hmm. And so we get a time jump. And instead of us seeing a future that's optimistic, we're back to the pessimistic future, pessimistic past that Rick was trying to get us over. And yeah. I feel like I feel like we didn't move forward. We stayed the same for six years. There was a time jump. And the only thing the time jump did was age people. Well, the communities have the the communities themselves have have grown in a way that 
I'm not no, saying you're haven't. wrong, but they have no, evolved they, see, in... See, here's the thing I disagree with. The communities have not evolved. They've I mean, they got windmills, st- man. Windmills. But, but who cares? <laughs> you can't compete with windmills, Lou. So you know I'm right. No. It, oh. it, 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 who cares about... Technolo- technologically, they've advanced a little bit. Sure. That's great. That's going to happen. But... They're all still fighting amongst each other. They all still kind of have their backs up against they're, each other. They're squabbling. And, like they're not. And, and, and there's still war. and there's still saviors out there that are stealing stuff. Wow, for an episode, <laughs> right? It it all felt really, really like it. Uh, it when it happened, my whole thought process was: so Rick died for nothing because nothing changed. He, I like. I think you're you're on you're on to something. Did he die for nothing? Well, you could make the argument that he didn't die for nothing because he's not dead. Um, but the characters but don't the, know that. Don't, the characters don't know that, mm-hmm. and he's not coming back to the show. And that's what we know, and that's what the that's characters what we know. know. Uh, the characters, uh, that's what the characters believe. They know that Rick isn't coming back because he they saw him die. And we know he's not coming back due to Andrew Lincoln saying, "I'm not coming back." picture that in a british accent but i I think you're right like you're you are you are on to something in that the communities some so something happened a six-year gap think of this uh, six years as seasons eight through one expanded there hasn't even been six years go for you know go through one through eight right like am i wrong no Okay, so when you look at that six-year gap, like I'm sure there were moments after Rick's passing where they were, and but I and I, I know what you're gonna say. We haven't we haven't seen that. You know, we didn't see that, and you wanted to see that because you want a major character's death to mean something. But during that six years, something has happened, and they've chosen to leave it a mystery because it makes sense if you're dealing with a tragic event. You're not going to recount it, it as soon as the camera's rolling. To, it makes sense for them to, there to be m- mysteries. But mm. what we're led to believe is that when Michonne shows up at Hilltop, she doesn't even know that Maggie's gone. No, she doesn't. She doesn't know and, that Maggie's and, and, gone, and, yeah. And it lets you know that Maggie's been gone a while. Like, Maggie didn't leave last week. Maggie's been gone for at least almost a year. And we don't even find that out until the second episode. Right. Um, and you go, and, and you find all this out and you go, well, they're obviously not communicating with each other. And that was all Rick wanted was for them to all work together. And that's the one thing they're not doing. And I feel like that was my biggest disappointment with this episode. I, I'm, I'm fine with our new characters. Um, I think they're all interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so you we've, know, got, we've got Magna. You've got um, Luke. Luke, uh, who's the guy from the new Hogwarts films? Yeah. And there's one. There's y- Yuka. She's uh, she was in she was in. Um, it's not Yuka. Uh, I don't know. Uh, she was in in. She basically got injured, and she was in in the medicine camp right. or whatever for a bit. And there's two new characters. Both uh, one is one is deaf, and another is uh, her sort of. She is an interpreter to, for the most part to the group, but everyone in that new group has has a certain level of um, uh, sign language skills, and that's an interesting dynamic to introduce. In the I sense thought, that I thought that was all very fascinating and sure. very interesting, and I think that 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 I think that that's something that in, expands on the storyline. But we again we get that they arrive and it's decided they won't stay. Um, because Michonne doesn't want them and the council does is, is kind of questioning whether or not to let them stay because of whatever bad things seem to have happened in the past that we're not being told about. Yeah, they literally, I think they literally say, do you remember what happened last time? Which is code for something bad happened. And again, we're not going to tell you. Now, there have been articles out there. There's There's been, you know, people are theorizing what happened, but... I, I don't want to theorize. I mean, we could do that all day, but uh, what I'm going to say is basically that we will find we will find out more in the next half of the season, and I think that the reason we're going to find out more is because there's going to be a reason for them to to hash out their problems. 
in the third episode when Michonne, so basically they say, well, I'm not going to keep you, but to make a promise to my daughter, uh, Judith, I'm going to take you to Hilltop. They'll take you in. And there's this animosity between Hilltop. Like they literally have two guards approach them and say like, I'm taking you to, you know, Hilltop. We have Rosita and uh, Eugene is missing, you know, and we'll, we'll come back to that. But basically when michonne gets there like she's kind of treated as an enemy and and nobody trusts her nobody appears even her and carol are like ice cold to each other like having a hard time they're friendly but they don't shake hands and they don't hug each other and it's like it's good to see you yeah so whatever happened has caused animosity between all of them and i think that that is sad but i think it happened a long time ago too because they they make well, reference to it like it, it was something that should have easily like it's been enough time. We we need to but, start moving but, forward. But they but the thing that pisses me off and mm-hmm. it, it it pisses me off and it's the thing that really upset me about this half second half season is when Rick dies, we're led to believe it's optimistic and hopeful for the future. They're all gonna work together. You know what I mean? Yeah. That that's the way they the, the, Rick rides off in that helicopter, and you're left to think he's united everybody in his death. He may have died, and then they go, "Oh yeah, by the way, you thought that they united? Nah, we're still gonna tell you the same fucking miserable story." Uh, I don't know if it's miserable. I think I think we skipped with the time jump. Like I don't agree. I I think that uh, it's not miserable. It's it's just it's what happens when you have these different villages that want different things the sanctuary they has literally fallen so i think that's your prime example that they couldn't work together is that something happened to the sanctuary whether they abandoned the sanctuary or whether that they just said like we can't make this work you need to amalgamate with the other with the other uh, communities which also would have been you know fascinating to to see i'm sure we'll get callbacks to it uh, I, I i i have a theory Sure. We're going to get, we're going to, before the season's out, we're going to find out what it is that separated them all. And it's all going to be so bad. It's grown worthy. I I hope not. I actually think that the writing has been much better this season. I hope. I'm going to tell you right now. I think that the writing has been better with the episodes. mm -hmm. Uh, I think the overall plot line is lacking. Really? Yes. Yeah. I don't. (sighs) So at the end of this episode, it, we have, uh, Eugene and um, uh, Rosita running away, and they they're being chased by a herd, and the herd is literally chasing them, mm-hmm. and they can hear whispers amongst the, the 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 shufflers, which spoiler alert, it's the whisperers. Yeah, we we they uh, they take their time to confirm it, but and I and I'm okay. I th- that was my highlight of the episode. Was I was like, oh, cool! This, this is something interesting is going on. Because mm-hmm. um, until that point, I liked the new characters. I was okay with some of the drama they were setting up, but I really didn't like the fact that there was this tension. And I felt that, you know, it seems like the kingdom and hilltop are buddies. Oh, good but buddies! But everybody, but but everybody treats uh, treats. Uh, what's it called? Alexandria. Alexand- Alexandria, like it's like that thing that nobody wants to, to talk with. And that's fine, but I think that that's just poor storytelling. I think that the that it's easy for them to set up that tension. That 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 was a no-brainer. They could have told us a, I think they could tell us a much better story. But that's neither here nor there. They set us up for the for the for the whispers, which is awesome. Great. Yeah. We got a new villain. Yeah, and, and, and I'm I, assuming, and I'm assuming the new villain is going to unite all the groups again. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm. I go as far to guarantee it, uh, like because that's how this show works. And I, I think that. But my it sounds like is, you're already convinced in the sense that whatever they unveil, it's not going to live up to your expectations because no, it's set because, you up because what they did was they've already set me up once. Oh, they right, killed yeah. Rick. And then, oh yeah! By the way, no. And now they're setting us up again. They're going to reveal the whispers, and we're either going to fight the whispers for the rest of this season, and maybe off by the end of the season, or we're going to fight them into next season. But when they die at the end of next season or this season, 
are we going to stay united again? Or is it going to be we 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 take a season off and we come back to, oh, yeah, by the way, we're all fighting again until the next shows up. Yeah, I don't. And like... I don't. I, and that's what bothers me is I'm already planning for next season's problem. And I don't know if they're going to learn their lesson. No, because it hasn't happened yet. I mean, like, that's the thing is like, that's the formula for the show. It doesn't necessarily bug me as much as it bugs you, but I do see your point. And I think that it could have, it could be a lot worse uh, with the time jump and that they could be, they could be rehashing it right away. But the fact that they don't just outright and address it is because like, yes, Hilltop and Kingdom are, are working together. The Sanctuary has fallen and, and we should get back to that. But Hilltop and, and the Kingdom are working together. That shows that they've moved forward from whatever happened. They make it sound like it, it's this the this event that that stopped the communication lines for some reason. And maybe that was Rick's death. Maybe they took Rick's death and they didn't see it as optimism. Maybe Michonne put up a wall when she lost... You know the you know the the love of her life like maybe that's we don't know yet we're gonna find out I assume in in the second half of the season but until then um, there are still it, it really boils down to me it sounds like everyone's moved on except for Michonne Michonne seems right. to be the final you know holdout and, and I don't I think, think it has that, anything to I do with that, Rick's death and I think that's what one of the things that bothers me too mm-hmm. is Michonne should be rick's inspiration you know what i mean she should want to aspire to be rick and she's not she's being crazy rick she is she's she's talking to people um you know they we we hear her talking to somebody uh and it's later revealed to be uh well judah says like i hear you talking to rick and carl you know, I, I miss them. I'm glad you can still hear their voices because I'm starting to forget what they sound like again. Which, which real that heartbreaker. bothered me. That bothered me. Okay. Because the last time we saw her, she couldn't have been more than two or three at most. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'll tell you right now, when I was two or three, I couldn't tell you what my dad's voice sounded like when I was a few years older. You know what I mean? My memories wouldn't. No, but you you live with your like you know your father, right? So you get to hear his voice and can. I mean, I think I think we're nitpicking at that point. Like that's just a throwaway line to to make us to to kind of address. But that's what Mich- to make Michonne me. feel better, right? I, like but it's I, not a big but deal. I think I think a better point of view would have been to say at least you can remember their voices. I was too little when they died. I think that that would have been a better point to say she remembers. Just feels kind of you're like they're trying to make her feel older than she actually is, and that bothers me. I yeah, I mean, I think that she is older than she actually right. is because she's living in the the apocalypse. I mean, she. Uh, I, I'm no, not going to let Caden run around when she's ten with a gun and a katana, but like here we are. Like it's. It is the the age we live, and I mean, we you know, we can we can go back and forth on this, but like I think that let's talk about the sanctuary. The sanctuary has fallen. Um, the guy who has it out for Carol uh, calls her boss lady. Uh, this this faction of the saviors that held on to the sanctuary and and kind of been they I think they call them the Marauders or something. They rob uh, they they rob Carol. While she's on the road to find Daryl, Carol and Daryl, and take her wedding ring and kind of embarrass her and, and hit Henry when Henry tries to stand up for Carol. And then when Carol and Henry have this conversation, you know, at the campfire and Henry says, like, why didn't you do something? Carol's like, well, we're not we're not going to fight everybody. We're going to, you know, we want to be optimistic. And then, like, as soon as Henry goes to bed, she, like, freaking lights them on fire, which to me, I was like, that is a bit extreme but again it's the apocalypse and it's carol so i guess it fits <laughs> yeah like it goes to show you that carol is trying to make a change but she's still carol yeah i mean it to me it rang out as you know no one's really been happy about these marauders and 
Carol even was willing to let bygones be bygones and but but he just the, they just went too far you know with with you know humiliating Henry and even even the the the, the ex saviors said like look we'll leave you won't hear from us again and and you'll you'll never see us again and Carol says like you, some of this stuff looks like my friend's stuff you know and and maybe it alludes to what might or might not have happened you know in the communities in the last 6 years we right. don't know but the fact is they're all gone like this i was worried that it's like oh great this is the faction that we're going to have to deal with for the for the next 3 episodes you know and and they kind of and i was worried that was the case because i didn't think it was strong enough to carry us through to the whispers and it wasn't and it wasn't because they literally like lit it up and 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 tossed it aside and i think that was a interesting way to look at the sanctuary and say like okay we're not going to have anything to do with this place uh for the next three episodes because we're burning the last people who had anything to do with it or would even want to go back to it you know yeah so, i so think i, I think I, I, the, that was the only thing i enjoyed about that episode was i that it's like okay we're never i get the distinct impression our talk about the sanctuary from now on is going to be minimal oh yeah well i i think until i think until the next season um i think we'll go back to the sanctuary next season and and we can talk a bit about that um uh at the uh you know when we get to it because it's literally like the last the inspiration for that thought is is right near the end of the third episode so we get carol's decimation of the sanctuary the, the, the saviors that are left uh the sanctuary has fallen um this they're taking the group to the uh to the to the hilltop rosita wakes up and oh and the other thing is that aaron has been from alexandria has been sneaking out for secret ninja training with uh, jesus and jesus yep. is the leader of hilltop and he doesn't want to be the leader he would rather go out and swing his sword around don't read into that um <laughs> but uh yeah him and aaron are, are doing some some ninja stuff how did you what did you think about that when you when you saw jesus get tackled that- off a horse I thought that that was interesting. I was I, I was like, okay, so we're going to get some story here. And it seems like Aaron is still friendly with the Hilltop. And that that's cool. And I, I appreciate that. Because he obviously seems to be the one person from uh, Alexandria that goes there on a regular basis. And that... Uh, and I'm like, okay, but that still doesn't explain why people don't know why Maggie's that Maggie's gone. Do you think Aaron would have came back to the Alexandria and be like, hey, you see, you no, know, I ran to Jesus on the road and Maggie's gone. You really you get know? hung up on that, man. I, I, I don't think, I don't think we're meant to, to really. I, I mean, maybe yes, you can care about what happened, but I don't think see, we're meant to I really get hung, get hung up. I on get it. hung up on it because the issue we run into in this show all the time mm-hmm. is that people don't communicate ever nobody tells anybody anything and that seems to be what causes all the problems in this show and i keep hoping that they're going to learn from it and even when they're your worst enemy you're going to communicate with them because the reason that the bad things happen is you don't communicate and what happens everybody goes i'm not telling them nothing yeah or somebody finds something out and they go I'm not going to tell anybody because I don't want anybody to know that I've been talking to somebody that maybe they don't want. And then what ends up happening is there's like five, five episodes later, there's a problem because somebody didn't communicate. Yeah. But that, the the issue that's, there's no issues that we've seen from lack of, right. Yeah. It's coming. uh, Oh yeah, sure. Maybe. I don't know. But uh, they get to the hilltop. Rosita's uh, been running through the forest you get the the uh, the trailer scene where they're hiding in the mud and they hear um, the, the the zombies go by and they're saying where are they you know find yep. them kind of thing it, it, and they uh, Rosita wakes up and she's like oh we gotta we gotta find Eugene he's not safe the herds they're they're smart they've evolved and and then that takes us to our third episode where they go on this search for uh, Eugene and. They find him in a barn, and this episode, probably to me, was the freakiest episode we've gotten in a long time because it takes yes. it takes the right. zombies and kind of turns them into something we haven't seen before, which for the last ten years has been just they tried to do new things with them, but this is this is brand new to to the show, you know. Uh, it's it's just it was crazy. Wait, so I will tell you right now, uh, I loved this 
third episode, mm-hmm. uh, it was everything I wanted it to be, except one issue. They did this weird side story with Henry going off with the kids to play in the woods. I mean, there was a reason I wasn't going to bring it up. Like, why? Like, I'm curious. Like, why do we have to talk about that? Because it's not good. Like, let's just talk about what was great about the episode. But that was it. It felt like it was shoehorned in because they wanted to add teen drama to. Add. And all I kept thinking was, is I don't care how bad the apocalypse is, teens are not going to sneak out when they know that they could die. Yeah, but I mean, if they've been living comfortably for six years, like maybe teenagers are stupid, Lou. I don't know what you did when you were a teenager, but like teenagers do stupid stuff, man. Like play ring toss stupid... with zombies. I did stupid stuff too, but not like that. The, the, like this is this was the whole that whole part of the episode pissed me off. But everything other than that, everything was spot oh, on. Okay, you want to talk? Mm. Okay, you brought it up, so we'll talk about it. Um. The fact so Henry he's he's gonna apprentice as the blacksmith at uh, at Hilltop, and his first day he the kids see him moping around so like hey let's do something fun meet us out here we'll go behind the walls well you never snuck up out of the kingdom Blah. and so they go outside the walls they go to this really like a better clubhouse than I've ever seen anybody have uh, in in like they have power it, music it makes sense. It doesn't. It does. I guess. Does it? How does it make? It does, I said it doesn't. Make oh, it doesn't. Sense. Yeah. And to me, it didn't make sense either. Like the power and the radio didn't make any sense to me. Um, I think someone would have noticed. Like, you ever noticed that? Like, someone's like siphoning power. You know. Exactly. <laughs> it it didn't make a lot of sense. And then these kids, you know, they're 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 ecstatic that they've trapped a walker in a pit and they play uh, they play ring toss. And the girl who, uh, oh, that was the other thing. Henry's interested in Enid, but Enid's dating Alden. Um, that's a little weird. There's, 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 there is a, a, an age gap there. Um, because Enid and Alden both don't age six years. Although Alden was old enough in the previous season that you could have explained six years away. But Enid was just a kid, you know? Right. She was like supposed to be like I think maybe eighteen or seventeen. Yeah. In previous, so, in the so previous now season. she'd be like twenty three or twenty four. Yeah, I mean she's but she's she a still young twenty three year old. But she still looks like she's a teenager, and instead they make Henry go, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna go play with the twenty three year old." When Henry's quite obviously like sixteen or seventeen, and it's like, dude, she's a little old for you now. Yeah, yeah, and um, so basically the other kid, so he's kind of trying to. I mean, it's the apocalypse. You're not going to have, you know, many kids to crush over. So I guess it kind of makes sense that he just latches on to the, to the next one. Uh, I can't remember her name. Uh, she had like glasses. She was fairly geeky, you know, adorable. Uh, but she's not, you know, partaking in the zombie ring toss and Henry kind of hops in and Henry has already been proven to be like the upstanding citizen, positivity, good guy, Mr. Mr. Universe. And he goes in and tries to kill he kills the the zombie that they have that they've basically taken over as a pet. The other guys are like, "Dude, what are you doing? There was a zombie, man!" Like, yeah, it's terrible. It, the whole plot line was really terrible, especially when he gets caught and he gets thrown in jail. And I was like, I was like, I was like, <laughs> so stupid. I thought that was hilarious, and and you know, it was a great moment to uh, to have the blacksmith like, come in and says, "I've been where you are, kid." literally where you are and i thought that was pretty good like i liked their conversation yeah but i felt like this was something that we should have had happen in like another two or three episodes i feel like it was like henry got to hilltop and they went what kind of silly shenanigans can we throw henry in the teenagers would do i I will here you're right they kind of fast forwarded a bit but here's the thing i think that the way they tried to, the way they explain it on Talking Dad is that Henry, this is the apocalypse version of going off to college. Your mom drops you off. You've been living with your mom for six years in the apocalypse, like probably behind walls, not much privacy. And all of a sudden your mom drops you off and says, okay, I'll see you in like even a month. I'll see you in a month. You enjoy apprenticing at, you know, Blacksmith College. I mean, I can't, I, I didn't do this, but there are got to be people who get dropped off at college for the first time and be like, no one's going to tell me not to drink. So I'm just going to drink a bunch of, you know, a bunch of alcohol, you know, because I'm in college and my mommy's not here to 
to to you and, know and I can understand bang pans over con- my head I can, in the morning. I can I can understand that concept. Right. But I think it's silly to think that kids that have grown up this close to chaos all the time, because they, life is not easy for them. No. <clears throat> and I it's think it, it, I, I think it's a little naive for us to assume that all teenagers in that situation are going to do the things that these kids did. And I think it's just bad. I think it's bad storytelling. But that, I, I that, thought it was funny. But so anyway, let's get on to the good part of the episode. Yeah, the the 80% of the episode that was probably the best The Walking Dead has been in a very long time. Yeah, uh, so we, Daryl and Aaron and Jesus find Eugene. Mm-hmm. Using dog. Using dog. And they find him, and and Eugene tells them the crazy story about the talking walkers that have evolved, and they got coming to kill him. They're looking for him. He, he's he, they've they've circled through, you know, a bunch of times, and uh, they're looking for him. And and you know, Aaron says like that's impossible. There's no way that they've been looking for you. Um, you must just be hallucinating. Let's get you out of here. And sure enough, the herd catches up. They specifically show Daryl like using. Mm-hmm his little tricks of the trade, like wind up clocks and stuff to, to throw yeah. these distractions. Awesome. Yeah. Great idea. He must and go through a lot work. of wind up clocks. No, they don't work. And, and, mm-hmm. and they're all baffled. Like, well, maybe, maybe I made a mistake. Maybe they just happened. The wind carried them this way. And, and sure enough, the, the zombies show up and, and there's this wild chase of escape. And suddenly our characters that are, have been so confident of, of themselves, fighting zombies and eluding herds are afraid and yeah. and then they and get worried. trapped they, they, they're trying to get away they mm-hmm. get trapped against what looks like a cemetery gate which did you find that you know <clears throat> the fact that they come across a cemetery did you find that was a like a bit like ooh, they found a cemetery how fitting it, it felt like oh they wanted to put it someplace that would make us ghosts. It's spooky. But but I and really that, liked it. They haven't used it before, right? They haven't done a cemetery. They, it, they haven't done it at all. Yeah. And that was okay. And I was like, all right, so we're at a cemetery. This is your and one, the, you and, know. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. If they do this again, I'll be a little disappointed. <laughs> but but so they're holding them off and they're trying to get Eugene over the gate because the gate is stuck. So they're trying to get him over the wall. Yeah, Eugene's leg uh, is uh, his is, knee he, is dislocated. He, he dislocated, yeah. yeah. And um, they start killing zombies, and they can start hearing zombies talk. And you can see Aaron and 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 Daryl and Jesus all look at each other, being like, "What the hell is going on?" Yeah, they're freaked. They're freaked out. And um, this is this is the moment where. They're pushing against the door, trying to get out, and the zombies are enclosing. And and uh, Michonne actually shows up, uh, and she digs the door out with them and and lets them out. But but the zombies are still coming. And and basically Jesus says like, I'll hold them off. You guys go. And they're confident in Jesus' skills because they've read the comics and they know Jesus right. has kung fu. And we finally get to see Jesus in all his glory as he starts taking out walkers with this badass sword and he's flip flopping around and and doing some crazy stuff. And that's when I I was watching it and he I swings at one and I knew there was something wrong with it and then it dodges him and you could see the look on his face and everybody else watching, being like, What the hell? And then it stabs him and it leans in and it whispers to him. And it says, you don't belong here. Yeah. Freaky, man. So spooky. It's very freaky. It's very spooky. And then literally everybody else draws their weapons. And you see a bunch of people come in. And they're not like zombies anymore. They're like real people. And you can tell they're real people. Like they they come in with weapons. Yeah, they move like real people. They have their weapons. But what what really is uh, kind of interesting is that they do this thing with the masks that does make them look and blend pretty well with, with really the well, like really well. And I think the only thing that, that you start to notice is just that they just when they move. And that was the thing when, when Jesus was going for that final zombie, I figured like, Oh, well this is done. And when it dodged, I was like, what, what is happening? Like I kind of, like I knew the whispers were going to be introduced. So I kind of figured something would happen. 
But I was waiting for it. Yeah, I we were waiting. Was, I knew it was coming. Yeah, we knew. Like you kind of figured because oh, I'll hold them off. You just go. I'll be fine. Famous last words, right? And yep. sure enough, the zombie, yeah, <clears throat> the whisperer stabs him. Daryl shows up, gives him the old crossbow to the head, and and they kind of cut the mask off uh, after after some you know interactions, and they cut the mask off, and sure enough, it's a person, and everyone's like, what? And that's kind of where the episode ends. Yeah, and and, and 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 they cut the mask off, and then you can hear others talking. Yeah, like we have them surrounded or something. Right. Yeah. We need to get rid of them now. And like things like that. And that's the way the episode ends. And that was all really cool and really spooky. And I appreciate all this. That was the highlight of this episode. All mm-hmm. of it. And I love the fact that Magna and all of them show up behind Michonne. And Michonne's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, earning our keep. And it yeah. makes you realize that these are characters that are worth having around. I think it was the, it was, yeah, it was Magna mm-hmm. that shows up and... And yeah, it was an interesting because Michonne kind of leaves to find it, and and Magna kind of shows up behind. And I think you're right; it shows that Magna's at least interested in improving to Michonne, and maybe that's what brings Michonne out of her shell is that finally someone new comes around, and they're not there to screw him over, right? Except for these whispers. But there's one thing we forgot to mention. I think you know Jesus' death uh, premature to the comics. Um, he's he's alive in the comics, alive and well, and they take him out. And Tom Payne, the actor who plays, w- was not, you know, necessarily disappointed by Jesus' death because he was like, he was not very happy with the show to begin with, I guess. Um, did you read any of the closeout articles and some watch some of his interviews and stuff? No. Yeah. So he was. I know. Um, he, I, read, I read that he was not happy with the way they were writing his character mm-hmm. and that he wasn't happy with some of the directions they were going. Yeah, mainly due to the but fact he was, that... But I believe he was surprised that they killed him off. Uh, well, I mean, they were like, okay, so first of all, like he was... Uh, so basically in the interview, he, he said, like, I've been training every week expecting to be the Jesus that's in the comics, you know, flip-flopping around and using the sword and, and doing some cool kung fu. And he's gotten moments, but not to the point where I think Tom Payne was satisfied. I mean, and then... When he got the call, he wasn't, he was surprised. Yeah, you're right. But he wasn't like upset about it. He's like, well, you guys know that, that I haven't been particularly happy. I'm, I've been frustrated, but as long as you give me a good story, I'm happy to serve a purpose to, you know, to these new enemies. And I think him dying kind of makes the sense out of the entire group because he was, he's revered as the Hilltop's leader, even though he doesn't want to be revered. You get the sense that a lot of people really like him. I mean, they call him Jesus for, for Pete's sake. But uh, yeah, he's gone, and he's and I'm not I'm not disappointed. Like I'm disappointed that he's gone. But I, I thought that he, they gave him a, a great death and a and a great send off with these new characters. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I think that it was a good send off. I'm not mad that he's dead. I'm disappointed, but it's not the end of the world for me. Mm-hmm. Um. At least they sent him off in a in a in a good way, in in a spooky way. Um, I just and I'm excited to see when the show comes back what we're up against. Yeah, you know. But I also I also think that the show has big shoes to fill, and when it comes back, they gotta give me more than what they've given me in the last three episodes. I think. I mean, like, I understand you want to see the whole story. I think you're being I, personally. I think that uh, they've they've done the they've done a really great job with the hand they've been dealt in terms of losing Rick. This could have been a whole lot worse, and I think they've they've given like I'm not settling. Don't get me wrong. I have you know little issues here and there, but I think they've presented us with a story. That I can't wait to oh, see the uh, continuation of. There is one thing we've forgotten that I think we should cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're still telling Negan's story. Yeah, and we I didn't have to say, Negan. I have to say, I've enjoyed every moment with Negan more than I did in previous seasons. Yeah, he's a little more subdued and and. Yep, uh, and I and I and I'm hoping they're lining him up to be somebody that comes out of that cell. And joins them. Yeah, I mean, um, 
We won't talk I about. Think, I I think if they don't do that, if mm. they don't bring him out and they make him more than a guy in a cell, I think they're wasting some good story arc. Yeah, I don't know what they'll. I ultimately, I don't know what they'll do. I don't. I'm not familiar with Negan's character in the Whisper Wars, but I. But we do know he escapes. Uh, Gabriel leaves the door open. He's distracted by Rosita's condition because uh, they're doing it and uh basically negan finds that the door is open and he kind of just walks out and i th- i think that uh that is that is an interesting notion it was bound to happen at some point like they're gonna let their guard down and i think i think him just the door being left open and him walking out i, I would think that's a that's a moment where where you would be like man that's so stupid but i, I think that shit happens and it, and the fact that it hadn't happened in I mean we don't know it might have happened in the last six years, but the fact that it's happened on camera people might nitpick that but like these aren't trained guards and and yeah shit happens and he he just walked out we don't know what happens later we're not going to talk about you know the look at next season uh, the little teasers that have been unveiled uh, we'll talk about that next episode but things have been shown that give us a tease as to what Negan's character will be uh, dealing with in the second half of the season. Um, so I, some interesting theories to look at from that, but we'll talk about that next week. But you're, you think you would like them to see uh, something. You want to see something unique from Negan. You don't want to see him go back, going back to being the brute. No, you know, right. I, I think being in a cell for six years, he's gonna he's he's not gonna turn a new leaf, but he's going to want to do his part to prove. Like they gave him a window, so something must have gone right for him, you know. Right. Just just um, throwing that out there. Yeah, but I I'm very optimistic to what what we're gonna have have happened in the future on the show. But I'm hope but I have big hopes. Yeah. Whether they'll live up to those hopes, I I don't know. And that's fair. I think, you know, as much as you and I disagree on this show, like, I think it's all about, pers- you know, personal, you know, tastes. Like, if you if you have big expectations and they don't meet those expectations, I fully expect you to, to share your thoughts on that. And for me, I just, I watch it week to week. I hope that they tell a good story. And I'm excited by, I'm excited for the whispers. I mean, they, they showed some very interesting things. Like, you know, we, we didn't, we glossed over it, but Daryl tries to, you know, I'll lead the herd away from you. Uh, you know, Jesus, uh, Aaron, and and uh, Eugene. So what's he do? He has dog bark and he lights some firecrackers, and the herd starts to pull towards him. But then suddenly, just kind of like goes back on the path, and that freaks Daryl the f out. Like he is, he's like, what is going on? And I cannot wait to see this dynamic, especially since Michonne and some major leaders from all the communities have seen what's happened. You know. Um, it's going to be an, the first episode's going to be a little, well, actually it's probably going to start off right with a bang because they're still surrounded. You know, I don't yeah. think we're going to get that episode where they're trying to tell them it's the zombies. They've evolved. Like we're not going to get that episode for a bit because they're currently surrounded. So, um, for fans of the whisper wars, I'm sure you're looking forward to seeing where they go with this. I know I am. Uh, Lou, before we jump out of here, do you have any uh, final thoughts for uh, the fine listeners? Any uh, any final tidbits to leave us out on? Uh, if the whispers teach us anything, if you can't hit the zombie in the head, maybe stab them in the chest too. Make sure they're not a living guy dressed up as a zombie. True. That is a that is a benefit, I would suppose. Yeah, it's a good test. You give them a good old uh, <clears throat> good old knee tap, and if they don't go down, then hey, maybe you know. Uh, you, I want to know if, uh, how you folks are finding this, uh, these last three episodes with, without our poor Rick, go to the Zamp discord bit.ly slash Zamp discord. want to thank the patrons. If you want to support the show directly, go to patreon.com slash zombies ate my podcast. You can visit our website, zombies ate my podcast.com for all the fantastic links like our email, Twitter, Facebook, all that fun stuff. If you want to shout at us uh, individually, you can go to Twitter. I'm at R. Murphy. Lou is at B- uh, Busy Zombie Lord, and Bob is at Bobbert F. Finally, a quick shout out to Joel Duggan for the artwork. You can see more of his great stuff at joelduggan.com. This has been Zombies Ate My Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and tune in next time for more whispers.
Lou, whisper. This is where you whisper. They're coming to get you. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Exactly. Exactly.